Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. All this week we're taking up the gifts and the callings of God, but today we're starting out with the fact that we have a God that can speak to us. Isn't that interesting? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. One of my favorite ways to teach, and I don't do it on television that often, is verse by verse. I pastored for 33 years. Sunday mornings, I always took up topics. We'd talk about the gifts of the Spirit, or we'd talk about salvation, or about water baptism, a number of things we'd talk about. But on Sunday night, I took up an Old Testament book of the Bible, and on Wednesday night, a New Testament book of the Bible. And we went verse by verse through them. And uh, I mean, listen, that's how you learn a lot of the Word of God. It says in Isaiah chapter 28 that the best way to learn the Word of God is line upon line and precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Your amount of gain that you have seems in the natural to be small, but the massive amount of understanding you get, even out of one verse, is incredible. So we're going to be taking up this week, maybe partially into next week, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse by verse. We're going to take it up to introduce to us how the gifts and callings of God work together. This chapter is divided up. In fact, it's one of the most well laid out verses Paul ever did, even giving an outline of the chapter then a breakdown of the chapter and how the chapter is laid out, even before you get into the chapter to help you know. What also covers this chapter from beginning to end is the sovereignty of God. Now, I'm one that, if listen, if, if it's sovereignty, it better say it's sovereignty in there because I don't like to take the sovereignty of God as an escape route when you just don't understand something in the Bible. But this one definitely has that hanging over it. We find in verse 11 of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he divides to every man individually as he wills. Then in verse 18, it tells us that God has uh, set the members of the body of Christ in there according to his will. He is the one who puts us in our place in the body of Christ. So it's just hanging over this chapter. And again, but there's some things, you know, you just have to sit back and go, I'm glad I didn't pick. If I'd have picked what office I wanted, I'd want for some flamboyant and we'd all want to be an evangelist, you know, or a prophet and operate these massive gifts of the spirit and all that. And then when we, if we had our choice of picking which gift of the spirit we want, of course, we'd always want the miracle signs, wonders, gifts, you know, rather than tongue interpretation of tongue or, you know, discerning of spirits, those types of things. But God knows best which one works in us. And so we have to just fall back and then find out this chapter is helping us discover what God has called us to do and what he's equipped us with to do it. So that's what we're dealing with. First Corinthians chapter 12 is an introduction to three chapters, chapter 12, 13, and 14, dealing with the, pers uh, the person of the Holy Spirit and his gifts and operations within the body of Christ. And then in chapter 14, within the local church, how that those things work together. So First Corinthians chapter 12 is going to be a listing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a listing also of offices in the body of Christ, how we work together. And then in chapter 13, we have the best part of it all, and that is that love. Love is the most important thing, because you know what? You have in chapter 12, one part getting upset with another part, another part getting upset with another part, one feeling inferior, one feeling superior to other members of the body of Christ. And chapter 13 just comes along and says, stop it. All right, God has called us to love. Every verse in, in chapter 13 deals with the operation of love in the body of Christ. And the greatest thing God has called us to do is to get along with each other. 
I mean, literally learning to work together is one of the major deals throughout the epistles that Paul has written, finding your place in the body of Christ, and then just, you know, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond in peace is, that word endeavor is good because it means working hard. Working hard, unity is hard work. And this is what he's letting us know. So chapter 13 deals with that. Then chapter 14 tells us, once you know the gifts of the Holy Spirit, once you learn to operate in love, then where is the most important place that we need to watch over and monitor well when we use the gifts of the Spirit, and it's in the church service, all right? Now, to be honest with you, what this, what these three chapters basically deal with is this, is these are things that open up to us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and this, this is the new birth. After the new birth, where the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit where he comes upon us. Three major ministries of the Holy Spirit. Number one, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit who is with you meaning he's always been with you, is his present tense. And this is before the cross. He said, is with you, and then went to the future tense, shall be in you. Well, that was a new thing. That had never happened before because the Holy Spirit lived in the temple and in the tabernacle. He didn't live in us. And then to understand the teachings of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He now lives in us. And that was something new. I'm sure that one caught them off guard. And then Jesus held off one until the day before he left. And the day before he left, he said, go to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. So in you, with you. And then later on, he says, now there's one where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he did in Acts chapter two, also in Acts chapter eight, also in Acts chapter 10, he fell on them in the house of Cornelius. And then also in chapter 19, where Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. These are again, all references to after salvation. There is a a ministry of the Holy Spirit where he comes upon us for power. And this is power for witnessing. And that's what Jesus said in Acts chapter two. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. And it really comes down to this is witnessing is supernatural. It's not memorizing a sheet of paper with questions and answers on it that they may ask that you can answer. No, no, that's not it. It's coming down to it. The Holy Spirit knows the heart of the individual you're dealing with, knows how to minister to you, to tell you. And so the gifts of the Spirit, the main use of them is actually in witnessing. One of the major things Jesus used in witnessing was word of knowledge. And where he told Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under a tree. And the moment he said that, Nathaniel said, you must be the son of God. Look how that won him over so simply. The woman at the well in John chapter four, he said, not only are you living with a man, but you've had five husbands before this. The one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, you must be a prophet, ran into town and told the people of the city, come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. And so they came out and they were saved. She was saved. But notice this, it was a word of knowledge. This is the essence of why God gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to be taking up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start breaking it down over a number of days and find out the patterns of this chapter, how the parts work together. We're talking about the difference between the gifts of Jesus Christ and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the particular places we fit in the body of Christ, and then how God works all these things together in our life. So let's start in verse one. And uh, this whole chapter has 31 verses in it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses one through 31. We're gonna take the breakdown of it here now. Now concerning verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. The word gifts, if you'll note, is in the, is italicized and literally says this. Now concerning spiritual 
brother, I, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. But to be honest with you, the word spiritual is in the plural. And the word gifts is implied because part of this, but really to be honest with you, the gifts of the Spirit do not occupy the major part of this chapter. Although we say chapter 12 has the gifts of the Spirit, if there's more places and actually more space given to the offices that we operate in, and we'll take that up. But I want you to notice the introductory verse concerning spiritual things. That's, that's the best way to describe this. And this chapter deals with spiritual things, things from the Holy Spirit. Now, concerning spiritual things, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. That's a key word. I would not have you ignorant. Let me tell you what I would not have you ignorant means. I would not have you ignorant simply means I wish you weren't ignorant, but you are ignorant, but you don't have to be ignorant. This is not rocket science. Paul used this particular phrase, I would not have you ignorant concerning scriptural things. Now there's times he said, I would not have you ignorant because I just came from this city or that city, but concerning uh, the word of God, he used it three times. The other two verses are found in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 concerning the rapture of the church. Now concerning uh, the coming of Jesus Christ, those that are asleep, I would not have you ignorant brethren. What he was saying about the rapture is again, it's not rocket science. What you're doing is making it difficult. I wish you weren't ignorant, but you are ignorant. You probably always will be ignorant, but you don't have to be ignorant. And so we have the rapture of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1, he talks about it with Old Testament types and shadows and says they're now concerning uh, Israel coming through the Red Sea, the cloud that covered them, Moses bringing the children of Israel. I would not have you ignorant. And it's concerning Old types, Testament types and shadows. And he says basically this, Old Testament types and shadows are not difficult. You're making it difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. I wish you weren't ignorant, but you are ignorant, but you don't have to be ignorant. Again, this is not rocket science. Three times he uses this, and I want you to look at all of them. Is there, is there literally today confusion over the spiritual gifts? Absolutely. Is there confusion over the rapture of the church? Oh my Lord, there are so many views on this thing, arguments against each other. And it simply comes down to this, the rapture of the church is found in the word of God. And he says, I wish you weren't ignorant. The third type, types and shadows. Is there today confusion over Old Testament types and shadows? The answer is yes. In fact, some of the weirdest doctrines come from an Old Testament type and shadow that they blow up into it and make a doctrine out of it. And what we're simply saying is when you find this phrase, understand something. Paul is simply saying, this is not hard. It's simple. So when we use this phrase concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Paul is just simply saying, this is simple. In fact, this chapter is simple. As we break it down, we're going to see how that Paul laid this thing out and made it so simple. A fool couldn't err in it. So you know what that means? There's hope for us. There's hope for me. And he says in verse two, you know how that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. And verse two simply again brings this out. You know that you were Gentiles. The Greek word here is the word ethne and a better translation would be heathen. He's talking not here about Gentile nations as far as their ethnicity is concerned. He's talking about Gentile nations of people that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. In fact, the major use on the New Testament of the word uh, Jews and Gentiles is this. Gentiles is a reference to those that don't know Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, Gentiles was a reference to those who did not not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so this word simply, we could put this in there. You know how that you were heathen, carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. What's he saying here? 
that idols are dumb. Well, they are, they're stupid, but here's the point of it. He's simply saying, you used to worship a God that wouldn't talk to you. Idols are dumb. They can't speak. And you used to worship these things. In fact, you poured your heart out to them. You cried to them. You prayed to them. You shouted to them. Did any piece of rock ever give you an answer? Did a piece of wood ever talk to you? The answer is no. Now you know a God and now you're familiar with a God that not only has saved you, redeemed you, but he talks to you. He speaks to you. And one of the major ways he speaks to you is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're told in Isaiah 28 of stammering lips and another tongue, it says with this, he will speak to his people. Man, the speaking in tongues is one of the greatest personal gifts to us to help us hear the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and helps us cut through all these different voices out there in the world of which uh, Corinthians tells us none of them is without significance. All of them have something to say, but to cut through all of that and hear what God has to say, one of the best ways to do it is by praying in the Holy Spirit. I have a set of noise-reducing headphones. They're not noise-canceling, they're noise-reducing. Turn them on and the outside noises die, and they die to about 50% of what they were, but now I can hear the music a lot better. This is what happens when I pray in the Spirit. It takes the voices of this world and brings them down so I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit even better, and that's what this is saying. This chapter is dedicated to the power of praying in tongues, speaking with tongues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then also how God has placed us in the body of Christ. We'll talk about this more when I come back, so We'll see you right after halftime. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, we are told, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Many believers focus on the very last part of this verse, but it also teaches us that God works both the gifts and the callings together in each believer's life. We are living in a day when God wants every believer to find their place in the body of Christ. This five-lesson series from Pastor Bob Yandian will help increase your understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry gifts, the body gifts, and how each of these gifts operate together to accomplish God's will in the earth. This powerful teaching series will help you discover your callings and find your place in the body of Christ. To order the gifts and callings of God, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let me give you a simple 
uh, outline of this particular chapter. In verses one through three, we have the introduction to this book. And the introduction to this chapter, chapter 12 here, 1 Corinthians is this. He talks about spiritual gifts, spiritual offices, the working of all this together. So verses one through three gives us the introduction to this. We're talking about spiritual things. All right, then in verses four through six, we have the outline of the chapter. In verse four, we have the Holy Spirit is over the gifts of the Spirit. In verse five, we have Jesus Christ is over the offices in the body of Christ. And then in verse six, God the Father is over the operations. After this is verses seven through 11, where we define and lay out the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then in verses 12 through 27, we have the offices of the Lord Jesus Christ brought up there in those verses of scripture. And then at the closing of this chapter, verse 28 through 31, we have the operations of God the Father. So we're going back to the opening of this chapter. And again, verses one through three is the introduction to what we're talking about. And in verse one, Paul says, said concerning spiritual things. The word gifts is in italics, but the word spiritual is plural. And instead of saying now concerning spirituals, what Paul is saying is now concerning spiritual things, brothers. I would not have you ignorant. Spiritual things include the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where we fit in the body of Christ, and then how God the Father has blends those all together. That's the outline of this chapter. All right. So then in verse two, you know how that you were heathen. Ethne is the Greek word. You know how that at one time before you received Jesus, you were heathen, carried away under these dumb idols. Now, dumb idols doesn't mean stupid. Although worshiping idols is stupid, dumb idols mean you worship gods that couldn't talk to you. Even as you were, they even led you by demonic forces, but they couldn't talk to you. And basically, if you sat down and talked to an idol and it talked back to you, they consider you a little non compass mentis. They would consider you a little out there. And so he says in verse uh, two, again, you know how that you were heathen, carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. And he's simply saying, until you met Jesus Christ and accepted him, you served gods that couldn't talk to you. Now you serve a God that does talk to you and can talk to you corporately. That will be found in chapter 14, but can talk to you individually. That'll be found in this chapter and also the next one. Verse three says, wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus cursed and no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God speaks to us through people, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A word of knowledge can come from someone to you. A word of wisdom can come from somebody to you. Discerning of spirits can come from somebody to you. Prophecy can come to you. There's times, but never ever will the person, if they're truly controlled by the Holy Spirit, they will never say Jesus Christ is not Lord. We're told over in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the way to tell if a person's truly a believer in Jesus Christ is, or if it's a demon speaking to them, ask them the question, is Jesus Christ God? Is he God in the flesh? And a demon will always just scream and go, no, no, no. What he's saying here is no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus cursed. So understand this, if that is, that is a demon speaking through someone to you. He says, mark it down, that that person does not have the spirit of God in them. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now people can say it, I mean, just mentally out of their, out of their mind, but truly operating in the Holy Spirit, no one can say is Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit, direct them that way. Because if you depend on the Holy Spirit, he never magnifies himself, he always magnifies Jesus and he magnifies God the Father. He even said it 
The works the Holy Spirit will do, he follows after me. He follows after the God the Father. The words that the Holy Spirit speaks, he'll speak after me. He'll always point to me in his words and also magnify God the Father. And so it's simply saying this, even we as Christians today, before we were saved, we used to serve gods that weren't gods at all. Gods of television, gods of magazines, gods of other things that we just, and gods of where we worked. And money was a god to us. But when's the last time you sat down and had a conversation with a $100 bill? It doesn't work like that. You do all the talking and that God does all the controlling of your life. But again, it's not something you talk to. So we used to serve gods who were no gods at all, made of wood and stone. And like I said, even money. We served God, cried out to them, prayed to them, but they could not speak back to us. Now we serve a God who can talk to us, does talk to us. He does it through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he also does it through the offices we stand in. And by the indwelling Holy Spirit that's inside of us, he promised to lead us and guide us into all truth. And then goes on to say, and he'll show you things to come. I mean, the Holy Spirit's guidance gets into, first of all, he'll lead us to the word of God. You know, that couldn't be a demon because a demon wouldn't lead you to the word of God or else they'd try to pervert the word of God like Satan did to Jesus saying it's written. And Jesus said, no, this is the way it's written. You're twisting it, you're perverting it. But again, when a person is operating by the Holy Spirit, you'll never hear them say, Jesus Christ is cursed. No, they won't do that. So, Again, we now serve gods that can talk to, or a God. We now serve a God who can talk to us. He does it through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but also through other offices in the body of Christ. And we can be ministered to by people who again, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do we judge and what's the major judge of the whole thing? Does it magnify Jesus? Does it always lift him up? Does it consider him to be the Lord? And beyond that, does it magnify even God the Father above that? This is how we can tell that it's truly the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at verses four through six. And now we have the outline of this chapter. In verses one through three, we had the introduction. This chapter covers spiritual things, spiritual things through the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual things through the offices of the Lord Jesus Christ, and spiritual things through the operations of God the Father. So let's take a look at the outline of this chapter. The outline of this chapter is found in verses four through six. And like I said, uh, in the first half of this broadcast, and that is the sovereignty of each member of the Godhead is brought out. First of all, in verse four, the Holy Spirit is over the nine gifts. We'll talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit being over the nine gifts is found in verses seven through 11. And remember, four through six is the outline of this chapter. And, the, and this chapter really begins now in the meat of it in verse four. And here's the breakdown of it. Verses four uh, through six is the outline. And then verse four is telling you what's found in verses seven through 11. Verse five is telling you what's found in verses 12 through 27. And verse six is telling you what's found in verses 28 through 31. Verses four through six is the outline, the sovereignty of each member of the Godhead. And in verse four, we have the Holy Spirit is over the nine gifts. There are differences of gifts but the same spirit. And in each case, you know, your King James calls it differences, diversities, differences, or anyway, that combination, but it's the same word every time. And so your other translations will render this differences every single time. There are differences of gifts, but the same spirit. In other words, there'll be nine different gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit that's in control of all of those nine gifts of the spirit. 
verse five, Jesus Christ is over the 12 offices. Most people think there's five and they, they have the Ephesians chapter four tells us that five offices, but we're gonna find out there's other offices also listed that are part of the body of Christ. The main, the reason why there's five offices, those are leadership. I call those pulpit offices. They stand behind the pulpit, a lectern or something, and they teach to others. But those that are out there in front of them also have offices and those are the body offices. We'll find that out later. You take seven of those, plus five that's in the pulpit. We have 12 offices found in the body of Christ in the New Testament, and you stand in one or maybe a combination of one or two of those offices. And that's found again in verse five. Jesus Christ is over the 12 offices. Look at verse five. There are differences of ministries or offices, but the same Lord. Who is Lord? Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit's over the gifts of the Spirit. Verse four, Jesus Christ is over the offices. Verse five, there's differences of ministry offices but the same Lord. And in verse six, God the Father is over the operations. The operations are found in verse 28 through 31. Again, I'm getting this down to you. Write these things down. Verse four, the Holy Spirit's over the nine gifts. That's found in verses seven through 11. Verse five, Jesus Christ is over the 12 offices, verse 12 through 27. Verse six, God the Father is over the operations, verse 28 through 31. Verse six says there are differences of operations, but the same God who works all in all. Do you understand the impact of this chapter? This chapter is the operations of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ and God the Father. In other words, when it comes to spiritual things, all three members of the Godhead are responsible and they all work together. So we couldn't just call this chapter 12 and talk about it's just the Holy Spirit. Oh no, Jesus Christ is included, verse 12 through 27. God the Father is included, verse 28 through 31. And like I said, verse four through six is the simple outline of this chapter. The simple outline of this chapter is verses seven through 11, that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 through 27, that's the offices of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 28 through 31, found here in verse six, is God the Father is over the operations. So verse four, five, and six says this again. There are differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's verse seven through 11. Verse five, there's differences of ministry offices, but the same Lord. That's verse 12 through 27. And verse six, there are differences of operations, but it's the same God who works all in all. That's found in verses 28 through 31. So let's talk about this for just a moment, then we'll dive right in here to verses seven through 11, describing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us. In fact, this is how we enter into the gifts of the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. The moment we're born again, we can start to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is character. This is really where the uh, discipleship part takes over. Another word for discipleship is character. When you start to develop Christian character, but the doorway into the fruit is the new birth. Earth. But the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit is the infilling of the Holy Spirit where you speak with tongues and this is the doorway into the gifts. Now there's ways that the gifts can primarily affect your life before being filled with the Spirit, but literally where the Holy Spirit speaks specifically, shows you things to come, amplifies things from the Word of God, comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. Verse 7 through 11 says this, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom by the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith or special faith through the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings through the same Spirit, to 
another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different types of tongues, and to the other interpretation of tongues. But that one and self-same spirit distributes to every man individually as he wills. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, but you don't pick one. I like that one. No, no. You wait on the Holy Spirit. He's the one that knows where you fit best in the body of Christ, which spiritual gift should operate through you. And that is the beauty of this chapter. Hanging over it is the sovereignty, the wisdom of each member of the Godhead. We'll take up from here tomorrow. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.